everyone and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where young people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Nyajega. So last season, we looked into formal employment. And as you can tell from the title, this week we'll be discussing informal employment in this economy, where my guest and I will be unpacking her experiences in this sector um, as a young person in Zimbabwe. Uh, It's estimated that 80 to 95% of the labor force in Zimbabwe is actually participating in the informal economy. So they're self-employed actors, usually operating in unregistered company with cash-based businesses. So that's just a loose definition to paint a picture of what I mean by the informal employment and just informal work in the economy. Now, I'm very, very keen to talk to other people offering, you know, goods, different goods and services because a lot of, because of the um, diversity of informal employment in this country, I feel like there's so much to discuss and I'm so excited to um, get into that a little bit more. But this week, my guest discusses her experiences in digital content creating, marketing, social media, blogging, and all of those things, um, which is otherwise a very thriving sector in other parts of the world, especially in this pandemic where everything is very much internet-based. But obviously in Zim, that does not come without its shortfalls. So I do hope you enjoyed the episode. I learned a lot listening to her from her experiences as a part-time digital content creator myself. Um, And I do hope you learn something regardless of, you know, or get something regardless of where you're employed, what you're doing, just from her experiences. I think she has such a wealth of knowledge. So please enjoy the episode. Please do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kim Yajeka on Twitter. I would love to hear about your experiences and I really love your engagement. I love your feedback. Thank you for all of the support so far and please do enjoy the episode. All right, so in today's episode, we will be discussing informal work with my wonderful, wonderful guest, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? I am doing pretty okay. <laughs> January has been better than last year as a whole, so. That's so good. That's so refreshing to hear. I'm, I'm, that, that sounds great for you. I wish I could say the same for myself, but yeah, uh, we keep moving though. <laughs> So do you want to introduce yourself quickly before we get into the episode? All right. So I go by Amanda Tate-Tate or Amanda Marufu. And basically, I'm a feminist, TV producer, blogger, author, and overall content creator. That's pretty much me in a nutshell. I really, when I was looking for someone to, you know, discuss like informal work in this economy, um, I just put out feelers out there and when you responded, it made me very, very excited because what you do is something that's so new and not fully understood and specifically how it's monetized in Zimbabwe is not always the most straightforward way. So I thought it would be interesting to discuss and unpack that aspect of being part of the informal part of the economy, you know, participating in that aspect. and to see how accessible it is and, you know, just overall inclusion in being a productive person in society. First conversation, I mean, the first, sorry, question I have is what prompted you to start working in the informal sector as opposed to maybe pursuing formal work? 
So for me, it was really like finishing high school and um, like my mom's work was like affected by getting retrenched and that meant like school was disturbed. So I was like actually homeschooled for a little bit of high school, um, which is also not conventional. And when it came to university, I couldn't afford going to university like so many of my friends and everyone else had grown up with was doing and I had to figure out what to do. So by a chance encounter, like I had been writing my whole entire life and I had posted stuff to Wattpad, if anyone ever knew about Wattpad, and then moved on to Tumblr. I had a Tumblr blog. And then during that time, I just started looking for like, what can I do just to pass the time? And I started volunteering. Um, for this organization and during that time I started picking up a lot of skills while also just YouTubing different things so I used to like YouTube like digital marketing um, blogging how to make money as a blogger and the first obvious way was to like work for someone and that actually became like my first real job I went to this um, free digital marketing course thing that was being offered at like the National Art Gallery and during that time, I just like was raising my hand. I was participating because I already knew a lot of these things um, from just searching about it like online. And then after that, like I went to um, the woman who was presenting. Her name is Nicolina Kobali. And I'm just like, hi, I'd love to just um, be involved in your work somehow and learn from you. And these are my details. So I left her link to my blog and my number and my social media. So up until that point, I had actually been intentional a little bit, not as much as like I am now, but like a little bit about what I was putting out there about myself. So when she looked at my social media, she was actually like, this is impressive. And she offered me a job. So going into it, that's not what my target was. I was just like, I'll intern, I'll do it for free, just get experience. Because I started to realize that sometimes experience means a lot more then like I have this knowledge like people want to actually see like but what have you done right and she offered me a job so that became like my first real opportunity in the digital marketing world and then from there I started freelancing as a blogger so I also did some social media work for other brands some um, video production for other brands um, we created our own video production company and this was like with my sister and my boyfriend. And then I started realizing you can actually make a lot more money as a freelancer than you can working for someone. Because when you work for someone, there's sort of a cap, no matter how much work you do. So like I was blogging, I was doing the social media, I would be doing creation like of courses because um, her like company actually teaches um, digital marketing, creation of podcasts, creation of videos and all of this like I was doing so much work but because like you're under a contract and it's like this is your salary so that's the cap of how much money you can earn and then I started looking into freelancing and I started realizing when you now view um, brands or people that you work with as clients versus as an employee you can exponentially just increase how much money that you're making and how much that you yourself can grow. And I pivoted away from social media like just two years ago 
and um, because of the like of COVID nineteen, of the electricity situation in Zoom and everything, I momentarily actually went back to a corporate job. But that experience in itself actually cemented in me that it is much better to put your all into this online world than it is to work in a corporate. Because in a corporate, actually, like versus an agency or like where I worked before, things move much slower. So you have like 20 meetings to be able to just do a few posts or um do anything in social media where social media is moving so fast that it can't be controlled um, by the corporate world. So that's really what I learned from that experience. So then I left and now I'm writing full time again and doing it for like magazines and really freelancing and getting into back into that world and being an informal worker again, pretty much. Oh, wow. That's actually really interesting because I guess with, you know, especially being in Zimbabwe, the way you look at it is your hustle needs to be something tangible. You know, you need to be selling something. You need to be moving something around. Even if you do have a corporate job, whatever you're trying to do to make things work or to stay afloat, the typical view is that it has to be, you know, you're doing something, you're selling a product or you're offering like, an actual I guess service in the form of like logistics or you know what I mean um so I think it's really interesting that you found you know success in a in the digital marketing space or in just a content creating space in this country um that to me honestly from the outside looking in it's almost like that 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 sounds like a lot of work um it sounds like so much more work than you know doing doing something more traditional so overall did you did you struggle to gain access to a market or create a market for like the services you offer for your expertise I would say yes and like to what you just said in terms of like it being a lot more work I did start to see that yes it tends to be a lot more work because you have to build a brand you have to find your own clients you have to really put yourself out there whereas when you have like a job you have a job like you're not putting yourself out there it's money that's coming in at the end of the month no matter what but when you really work for yourself things happen you always have to continuously create these opportunities for yourself so yeah and finding those opportunities I will say there's a lot of opportunities and writers are in high demand video production people in high demand and social media managers are in high demand and if you have any of those skills I think you can really really make money for yourself make a career out of it especially if you learn marketing and that's the core part of it because if you can't market yourself and you have to market yourself as a business you have to treat yourself as a business whereas if you're just like getting a job you don't necessarily have to do that but in the freelancing world that's like the most important thing so treating yourself just like how you would treat any other company that you work for and this can be taken a step further where people actually pay themselves salaries, which I haven't gotten to that level yet. But yeah, just treating yourself as a business and carving out um, what you earn to a market for myself, I guess has been interesting <laughs> in that like, at first I was just a personal blogger. So I was just blogging things um, about my life. And you see that people who relate to your story because 
there's a lot of other people who are like me who have done this who like their school life was disturbed they had to figure out how to change like their plans for their life because I also had like very traditional <laughs> idea of how my life was gonna go I was gonna finish high school I was gonna uni I was gonna get a job I was gonna do like a very traditional path but like I had to pivot I had to change my idea and I'm very thankful for that now <laughs> looking back so I would say like now I'm very intentional about my audience in terms of Instead of just saying, I'm looking for people to listen to me and I'm just looking for anyone, everyone, and I'll like post everywhere. Now I'm like actually sitting down and saying, who's my ideal audience? Um, what value do I bring to that audience? How do I want to grow my brand? So like I've tapped out like what I want to see in five years and 10 years and so on. And when you start to do that so like i've got like a customer persona which you can find on my website as well but like customer persona where i've actually like written out questions that i ask myself about my ideal audience like who are they where do they hang out what are they interested in what are they searching for um what do they do in the day what are their hopes their dreams their ideals because when i know like okay what are they searching for and what are their hopes and dreams and ideals so for example um let's say my ideal audience is basically like me right they want to know how to make money and become independent. I can actually create content around that. Like I can do the research and I can also share my stories of how I've been able to do that. And using like search engine um, optimization and researching keywords, I cannot target that specifically. So when they're searching for that, they find me. And then when you know them like even deeper, even just past that, now you know like these are the people they listen to online already. Um, what are the person who they already listen to kind of posting, what are they doing that's um, drawing them in? And like for the past few years, I've been studying YouTube and now I know a lot about YouTube. So like I'm launching my own channel like on February and now I know these are the type of thumbnails people are likely to um, click on because I've been studying other channels that my target audience watches. And these are the types of titles that attract them. These are the videos they watch the most. Cause like, I also wanna know like, how do I keep my target audience retention up? How do I keep them listening to what I have to say for longer, right? So knowing my audience has enabled me to be able to target them more specifically and like i've actually deleted all of my posts from instagram because now i'm starting again with new knowledge whereas before i was just like i want anyone and everyone to like follow me and just why aren't you following me and that was lacking like specific targeting specifically knowing who am i actually trying to attract and what value do i give to the person that i'm trying to attract so as far as like marketing working for your ideal companies in zimbabwe treating them you know as like your clients as you're building your business when you are approaching them or they're approaching you we know Zimbabwean companies overall have just there's a general lack as far as in as far as creating interesting thought-provoking and I guess better um, marketing and advertising and all of the things that they do it's it's very pedestrian a lot of companies follow like a similar formula there's a jingle there is an inappropriate sexist misogynistic joke there's some kind of lingo or they're just sort of riding on something that's already popular like a song or a meme or a trend that's already popular how do you then 
I guess, encourage companies, especially ones that are more well-established, if you've worked with them, or young people to move away from what like the standard is here, which is pretty low. And I, it just feels like there's a comfort level with as long as there's a silly dance, a silly song, and some kind of comedic gist to it. How do you approach marketing in Zimbabwe specifically, considering how just the quality is weird in, in, in this country? I would say, like, if you are going to take that route, approach yourself as a teacher and be very patient because the reason, like, I left that space is because it's such an uphill battle and you need to personally decide if that is worth it for you because in a, like, corporate environment, right, you're talking to one person who has to sell that idea to, like, four other departments and four other heads up to, like, the level of the CEO, and everyone has to sign off on what you're doing. And while you may be able to, like, convince, um, let's say, the head of marketing that this is a good idea, let's do this differently, by the time it goes up, all of these different people, right? They're just like, why aren't we doing what we're used to? And then they have to sell something that they don't necessarily understand themselves. So like using Nicolina's approach, because she also um, also talked about this, is like, it is actually better for you to become a teacher and have all of those people in a room and sit them down and say, okay, I'm going to do a digital marketing training or like ad training or even how to do jingles better. And get the company buy-in to train everyone first and then do the service versus trying to do the service and then having all your ideas like thrown out because they don't align what they're used to. And for them, they have this idea that like, okay, this is already working for us. So why should we change? So your job really becomes convincing them and changing their mind and not necessarily creating the content because that's the biggest hurdle that you have to face first. So I would just say like, you have to have a lot of patience and the time and the know-how and all of that to change the mind and change the mindset. And it's a hard mindset to change because it's ingrained um, in a lot of corporates in Zimbabwe and it's hard. <laughs> like, yeah. I would say it's not a job for me. I just, I, I, I accepted that. But if you can, please, please do. Yeah, no, I really encourage anyone to please, please try harder because it's, it's not great. Mm-hmm. I just remember <laughs> the time when there was the um, coup, not coup in 2017 um, that led to uh, the great Asante Sana speech. Um, on mm-hmm. the TV and it was being live streamed including the adverts and someone posted you know during the stream that oh my gosh guys right now the whole world is watching Zimbabwean adverts and this is embarrassing um, and so I, I I wholly I resonated with that so much because they were pretty sad shame um, so mm-hmm. we definitely if whoever's out there if you can please let's let's shift the mentality let's shift the market um, but As a woman um, working in the informal sector, I know most of your work is digital, but are there any cultural perceptions of women or young people in the sector you work in that have impacted your ability to work? Yes, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) I'll start with being a young woman. And this is something like I actually faced dealing with other older women, whereby they'll be like, what do you know, right? Especially like I started working when I was 19. And that was an uphill battle where I'm like, you should do this, this way and this way. And like, 
there's this one specific group I remember my age always became the talking point instead of the information that I was actually saying and then someone older would reiterate what I just said and then the idea would be taken seriously right and I lost opportunities because of that and I remember like this one specific woman I'll never forget her who literally was like um you should hire more seasoned more mature um people instead of um giving your account no putting your company like in the hands of these young people and i'm just like whoa like why like what do you have against me <laughs> you know and that was hard um to get past and then we get into being a woman <sighs> okay so like one specific thing like i was work i was supposed to work with this company this one man who said like he was leading an organization from the uk and they were he's a zimbabwean in the uk so he wanted to actually build like the same branch um of that and another branch of that organization in zimbabwe and they were looking for someone to help with marketing or digital and someone like with connections because like i do um video production as well like i have like connections like with influencers and people like that so they wanted someone like that i'm like okay i'll do it and we talked we organized we're supposed to do contracts and everything and then he came to zimbabwe and then we're having this one call where we're actually supposed to be finalizing and then all of a sudden he's like um would you like to come out like to the site uh where we're going to be doing the business and stuff so at first i'm like okay and then he starts asking he's like uh are you married there's gonna be a lot of late nights mm -hmm. and then he's like do you have a baby suckling on your titty and i'm like what what does that mean and he's like um we would like you to come overnight to the site um, where the company is supposed to be. And I'm like, okay, I'll bring my boyfriend <laughs> um, to the thing. And then he's like, no, you have to come alone. I'll send my driver to pick you up. And then that's the point I'm just like, where, how is this? This doesn't sound like work anymore, like, you know? And then I said, um, I have to come with my team. Um, the people that we're going to be doing everything with because they wanted like quite a number of things they wanted videos social media and whatever and he's just like no if you can't come alone then you don't really want the contract and then that's when I was just like no I don't want the contract <laughs> yeah. it can pass me by like what is that right two smaller things where like you've been a meeting with like so sometimes like it's an international thing like you're working with people outside the country and someone would just be like and it's usually zimbabweans for some reason it's like this zimbabwean man who's just like ah this call is quite late have you gotten permission from your husband to be on a work call this late and i'm just like first of all none of your business second of all permission like this is work this is what i do for my job <laughs> and I'm not even married, but that's like the things like they're just like, if she is working, some man should be giving her the permission to do these things to being overlooked when we're on a sit and they'll always approach someone else, usually a guy to be like, this is the person in charge, even though it's me. And then he will have to be like, no, go ask her. 
but like there's this ingrained idea that it can't be the woman it has to be the man even if they don't know both of you but they just assume so yeah there's lots (laughs) of those instances but yeah yeah oh no that sounds really that sounds really awful i think when you started sharing about your experiences as a woman you had this big sigh which I think that every single woman in any kind of work or profession can definitely resonate with. Just like, yeah, it's really real. So (laughs) despite your abilities, I also think in Zimbabwe, ageism is a really big thing um, where just the ideas of young people are not taken as seriously. But at the same time, there's this pressure on the youth to be like, no, the youth need to save us. The youth need to get together. The youth need to make a change. But at the same time, we're just not given any opportunities to actually participate in the economy the way we would like to because our ideas are underestimated or you're just not getting the credit that you deserve. And then as a woman, just not being able to fully participate in projects or missing out on contracts because of very inappropriate men or just an unsafe work environment. So I'm sorry you had to go through that, but it's just it's so sad that that's the reality as well you know yeah so true man it's tiring and exhausting and i hope we can at least reach a point where the next generation or at least the next one after that doesn't have to go through all of those obstacles so with those sort of social and cultural obstacles there's also the um practical obstacles as far as getting payments and Um, being able to do your work despite you know the circumstances like we had actually tried to record this episode earlier but both of us experienced this that huge Zesa fault that left everyone with no electricity for a long time although that stopped you know this activity I imagine for people for anyone working whether formal informal stuff like that makes it almost impossible to do anything productive in these economic circumstances But in your view, from your experiences of those practical challenges, what is the biggest challenge you face being in the informal sector in Zimbabwe? Like you just said, electricity and internet, like when your business is really rooted in working online. And like we had this experience of starting a startup like during 2020, that was like an education thing. We had so many electricity faults, including one that lasted two weeks. We actually lost out on like an investment contract, which would have changed our lives because it was a lot of money. (laughs) And it just went like that because people outside the country, especially don't have a frame of reference of you don't have electricity for two weeks. It doesn't make sense. So at some point, it starts to seem like you're just making up excuses and you tend to lose all these opportunities and they just disappear they're like just like that and internet also like sometimes the network just isn't (laughs) working so yeah it's it's hard having a sustainable online business in zimbabwe is hard and getting payments like you mentioned i have to set up like my PayPal account through my cousin's address in South Africa because like we can't um, access we can't receive money through PayPal here but that's what most um, companies like outside the country prefer to use for payments and 
you have to just find these loopholes which wouldn't be like necessary in another economy and even trying to explain that to someone someone just wants to work with you and they want your service they don't care about what you're going through so sometimes that is really hard to try and explain like I have to jump like 50,000 hoops just to be able to create this piece of content for you but it is what it is <laughs> and you just we move like that that's all like we move i guess these things are common like with anyone doing some sort of online platform or online business um i know for myself i'm in the formal sector but even then there's like no security and work becomes that much more difficult because there's just the the I guess service like the the service providers basic things like electricity water and internet make even doing the most traditional of jobs so 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 difficult and I I don't know like because you've missed out on investments and those kinds of things how have you been able to overcome that is there a way to compensate for that or you just have to like let it go and keep it moving mm, you have to let it go and keep it moving i can't say i found a way to compensate yet my only solution now is to leave zimbabwe <laughs> just um um at that point because i work online like i've just been saying like i'm gonna save a certain amount of money and then try to work outside of zim because these simple things it it sucks when you're really losing out on like big business and life-changing money because of things you can't control because it's just another thing when you're like you didn't do the thing or you're not hardworking enough like things you can change but when it's just things that are so out of your control and we've moved across Harare looking for a place of stable electricity and yo like it'll be stable for a while and then it's not stable and then it's okay and then the whole country decides we're going to have shut-offs for the whole day until evening and you only have electricity until 5 a.m. You know those types of things. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, let's go. Let's let's leave. That That's the point I'm at now. Yeah, and I think it's such a sad place to be in where such a, a thriving sector, even in other African economies, a thriving sector like the digital, you know, space in general is such... It's, it offers such great opportunities, but here it's almost, imp- it, it's it's not impossible, but it's like, it's hard. It sounds like it's really, mm-hmm. really hard. But are there any like life hacks or tips that you can share that would be helpful for other young people in general and young Zimbabweans specifically when pursuing projects similar to what you do in the informal sector? I would say um, research, research a lot. I read a lot consistently. Um, Algorithms change. So follow channels that actually talk about those changes instead of general advice, because there's a lot of um, information that's like general, like this, how you'll succeed online. But then you need to know like Instagram's algorithm, YouTube's algorithm, Twitter's algorithm, and be able to create your content to suit them because it's very what like um, what performs very well on one medium won't perform very well on another necessarily. So just tweaking a little thing, um, making one piece of content that you repurpose because sometimes you're just like, I'm going to create specific content for this platform and this platform and this platform and you'll exhaust yourself. So learning how to repurpose content is very important. Like if you're making videos for YouTube, 
You can do shorter clips to use as trailers on Instagram, shorter clips for like TikTok, for shorts, for reels, and really leverage all of those different platforms, especially TikTok right now. It's great for growth, but I would say YouTube is the best. Like for me, in my personal opinion, in terms of monetizing, instead of in terms of like creating a sustainable business, YouTube is still the leading um, for content creators. So really like, grow a YouTube channel, like start now, it's not too late, you can do it. And batch, con- like batch create content, like whenever you do have electricity, use like one day to like write um, scripts, if you're doing scripts or to write blogs. And then when you have electricity and you have internet, then you can just go and schedule them out, especially if you don't have access to internet. When I started out, I didn't have internet at home or Wi-Fi. So I used to even use Zolsports when Zolsports was still a thing. Like I'll just go there and then I'm uploading um, all these blog posts. So now I'm scheduling out for the next um, weeks, months <laughs> type thing yeah. so that I'm not always having to be like every day on my toes. So like batch creating content is very important, repurposing that content for other social media channels and researching and really knowing what you're doing, knowing your target audience is so important. Like who are you speaking to? What value are you creating? People don't care about you. And I know that's mean, but people will follow you for your personality, but your personality still has to be providing something sustainable to their lives so that they know they can take time out to listen to what you have to say. And this can be value in any industry, in any service, whether you're an interior designer, um, music person, whatever. Like that's been shown now that any person can be of value. It's just you knowing what that value is and why that is valuable to a specific audience of people because that's not going to be valuable to everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm just here taking so many notes because (laughs) (laughs) um, as someone who dabbles in digital content creating myself, it's slowly, slowly becoming Mm -hmm. very addictive. Um, But I will say from my personal experience, it can get a little bit like frustrating when you're doing everything, you know, the internet and the help and all of those things say um, to grow your platform. But it's not, I guess, growing as exponentially or as quickly as I would like it Mm -hmm. to. Um, I don't know if other people can relate to that. But I also really do appreciate you saying that it's important to also, you know, understand that what works on one platform doesn't necessarily work on another platform and I really like the repurposing thing and I think that can go through to most sectors really because in my formal work I mean my full-time job um yeah you do so much work on one thing and then you end up doing the same thing again for like a similar account or case or whatever it is and that Mm -hmm. just you just ends up work you just end up working really hard but not actually working smart in that sense I so I really mm-hmm. appreciate you saying that that's that's very sage advice and I hope and I hope other people can relate to it and take it in too as well I'm definitely happy that I could help that something yeah. I learned the hard way yeah <laughs> of not like working so hard you're tired but like exactly. you're not actually doing anything <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. oh that's that's so great but Amanda thank you so much for making time to be on the platform I really really appreciate it Thank you for having me. This is fun. And I love this platform as well. 
Uh, thanks so much. And do you have any like final words for any young people, digital content creators, anyone out there or anything you'd like to plug as well? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that really like follow your dreams and you can create a passionate job business um, using the internet these days whereby whatever you're passionate about talking about there's an audience for it out there and just finding it and create content for them because this really can change your life and it can really lead you to a place of freedom and as much as plugs check out my website amandamarufu.com which is m-a-r-i-u-f-u and just check out my books my work subscribe to my newsletter my blog and when i do have my youtube channel also check that out <laughs> now that's perfect thank you so so much thank you for having me and that is the episode a huge thank you and shout out once again to my guest amanda thank you so much for taking the time to share with your experiences and the advice you gave is so so valuable thank you so much and thank you for taking the time to listen i appreciate all the support i'm not even gonna cap i'm not even gonna lie i almost didn't publish an episode this week because i've just been so in my head about this podcast about content creating it's like a little bit of imposter syndrome here and a lot of comparison i've been like listening to you know the podcast both local and international that inspired me to actually you know create something of my own and it's turned more into like a big kind of comparison thing for me where i'm like oh look at their quality look at guests look at this look at that and um, i kind of was spiraling a little bit because at the end of the day you know when i was editing this episode listening to the advice that amanda gave but also just thinking back to you know the motivations behind all of this the idea is just to create content that is relevant and as relatable as possible and i'm i guess really inspired also by the engagement when people dm and share you know how they are experiencing what is being produced here and that's really helpful and so valuable and i appreciate that more than anything so thank you so much it what it's what keeps it going and listen if there are things again you don't like um i also want to hear that too suggestions the kind of episodes you want to hear who you'd like to feature as a guest whatever it is this is like the idea is relatable content so you just tell me what you can relate to i'll continue producing what i can relate to and we can just be in this together <laughs> Uh, yeah so, okay i'm done um but thank you so much please once again do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at in this economy podcast on instagram and follow me your host at kimia jeko on twitter and i will catch you next week